Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A word of warning. This podcast contains discussions that some listeners may find distressing or triggering. Please use your discretion. Hello and welcome to Reclaim Me. My name is Madeline Heather and I'm joined back again today with Bree. Welcome, Bree. Hi, thanks for having me back again. I'm so happy to have you on. So we had you on our one of our most recent episodes, episode 41, uh, where you talked about your stories with us and uh, we've got an incredible response so far, um, especially online. There's been people commenting, people getting in touch with me. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. But we are here today to do a bit of, a, I guess, a reflection on what it was like for you doing the podcast and listening to it again. Because I remember I sent it to you and you kind of said, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to talk a little bit about um, how it's felt doing the podcast and, and what it's been like for you after listening to it? Yeah. So I, I really did enjoy uh, like recording it and having a chat and everything like that. But listening back over, I was like, I'm doing what I always do and just acting so blase and unfeeling about everything. So to me, I was like, that's the, like something I'm trying to work on, um, particularly over these last like couple of months. So listening to that was, yeah, interesting. It is hard to be quite vulnerable as well. And, you know, in your mind, you're, you're speaking about something in a way that you've experienced it. So without context, it does make sense to you, but for people listening, it can definitely, you've got to give that context, I guess, as well sometimes. And I think when you messaged me, I was just so happy to hear that reflection. And instead of editing the podcast or re-recording it, I just wanted to give the opportunity to actually bring light to the discussion because I think so many people would feel the same way. Yeah, I, I definitely struggle being vulnerable and I think you're right. Like most people would, would probably feel like that. Like after listening to themselves talk about things like this, they might be like, oh, I didn't like say the full story because you're saying it in your head and then you like, you just say parts of it out loud and I'm personally not used to saying anything out loud. So listening back, I was like, yep, I, uh, I think I said most of it in my head. Yeah, that's okay. Um, but I think it's true as well. And we don't have much experience with telling our stories or talking about this because it's a topic that we inherently avoid. Um, and when we do talk about it, we're often talking about it to people who maybe don't have the same understanding or experiences. So I think as an, as a rule of thumb, we tend to 
dull it down a little bit. Don't go into the detail very much because we don't want to upset people as well. And it's become, I guess, a defense mechanism that a lot of survivors have, which is they gloss over the detail um, or the way that it made them feel as a, as a way for them to cope with it. Yeah, I think that's definitely it. Like I know specifically like when my brother died, like no one wanted to talk about him or anything because it almost felt like they catch it too. And with like, you know, like it was a, like cancer, like, you know, they would die or someone they knew would die. So I feel like that was a really like, I avoid that at all costs. And the other issues even more so, um, like the sexual assault, like I don't even know why I don't talk about it because I feel like we should, we should all be talking about it and like normalize like how we feel and like the experiences we've had, because it's a very common thing to happen more than, you know, that's that people like, there's a lot of people like it's probably happened to half of our friends and we don't even know. So we should, I like that you have this podcast because it sort of opens that discussion. And when you just said about like, you know, when you don't know why, what is it, do you know that makes you feel like you don't want to, like, do you get like a chest feeling where you just like, don't talk about it? Or is that like a physiological response when you start to talk about it? I haven't talked about it a lot. And I think when I do start to talk about it, I just, yeah, I just gloss over it and say it as quickly as possible. And like I myself will turn, I generally turn things into jokes. Obviously I wouldn't turn that into a, into a joke, but I'll say it like quickly without any details and then change the subject. I think, yeah, I just start to feel one, like I feel a bit like, like uncomfortable in myself. And also two, I don't want them to feel uncomfortable or I don't know. I'm just, yeah, I'm terrible. <laughs> Not at all. At all of that. <laughs> I think I, I really understand what you're saying. It's been a really difficult thing to come forward with for me as well to talk about. I'm somebody that doesn't really like to be like touched or vulnerable in any way. And I think that lends itself for me personally being the the host of the podcast as well. So, you know, sometimes it is really difficult with things like that. And I do sometimes honestly worry about how that some of the discussions come across on the podcast without the, the video context as well, because we're looking at each other through a screen. Um, we can see our body language and our facial expressions, but you know, there's been a few times where people have talked about horrible things and then they've laughed because it's our natural response. Yeah. And we're laughing yeah. now because I get it. <laughs> yeah. And you yep. sit there and I'm like, I hope that nobody thinks, I know that most people listening to it must understand, but they're not, we're not laughing at it. It's their, it's their personal response to something horrible. Yeah, definitely. And I, I tend to do that in lots of situations. Like my sister will say something like, oh, this person died and I will laugh. And then I'm like, it's not because it's funny. Like it's just my like, oh, terrible response to this in that moment. Yeah. It's like you got a lot of feelings and you don't know which one to do. So you'll just laugh and then deal with that later. (laughs) That's how I feel. Figure it out later. Yeah. (laughs) In the privacy of my own like room or something, I'll be able to think about that. You did say though, before on the, when we just started chatting a second ago that you did have um, some more like personal breakthroughs and stuff since doing the podcast. Do you mind talking a little bit about that? Yeah. So I, we recorded the, like the last one a couple of months ago and I did a bit of traveling around that time. And for me, I usually feel like my way of avoiding everything is to fill my days like from start to finish. Um, so I'm always busy. If I ever start to think about something, I put on a podcast, like I sleep with podcasts or TV shows, you know, all that sort of stuff. And there was a couple of days in between, I thought I had to get a COVID test to go to America, but I didn't have to because I had COVID. 
so I ended up in Sydney for um, for two days by myself, and uh, it was after having like quite a few therapy sessions. So I'd been like, I don't know, internally dealing with a lot of things, and then I had nothing to distract myself, and it was like, I can't even really explain it. It was shit. Like it was really shit. Um, I've never had such a bad few days as those. Um, nothing worked to distract myself. I started having like really weird muddled nightmares in the nights there and it was just horrible. I hated it so much. And it continued. Like I felt like that. I almost didn't go to America. Um, but then I, I was like, yeah, I have to go. Like I booked the ticket and then it continued for like the next two weeks. And uh, I couldn't even really pinpoint what was happening. I just felt so terrible. Like I don't cry. I cried. Um, a couple of times there was one point I like I just called my sister and I was just crying on the phone and she's like oh my god what do you need I'll be there in you know 24 hours do you want to come here blah 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 so she was great but I didn't even know what to say to her I was like I just feel really shit and then after that it was like about a month of like like numbness I don't know if you've ever had that before where you're just like not yourself you know you're just plodding along doing life but you don't really feel anything yeah so yeah it was it was interesting and being in America, like, that's where my ex lives. That's where I went. Um, so there was also that added, like, am I going to run into him? That kind of thing. Yeah. When I got back, my therapist was like, this is such a good thing. And I was like, how is this a good thing? Like, I hate it so much. But she's like, it means that you're, like, starting to, like, you know, go through this process. Because she told me at the beginning it was going to be hard. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, fine. Now I see what she's talking about. And it could be, you know, so many things. And trauma does things to us all. And, you know, even knowing that you're going to go back there, maybe subconsciously, there's a part of that happening as well. But I completely know what you feel, what you're saying when you felt numb. Um, I've honestly been feeling that for a while and it's been something I'm going to see my psychologist tomorrow because I want to talk through things. And in my mind, I'm like, cause I'm the same. I also have ADHD. So I'm constantly in need of stimulation. I think what I found the most has been like I think I, I keep trying to problem solve ahead of time to go, I'm bored. You know, I'm just, life gets a little bit monotonous. You do the same kind of things all the time. I've been in my job for a year now. That usually doesn't happen. I'm a contractor. So I think there's that. And I keep going, oh, I need to move overseas. I need to join the defense force. I need to, um, you know, get a new job, move to a new city, something like that. And I keep thinking like that. Whereas I think actually what I need to do is go back and see my therapist and talk about yeah. this numbness feeling. Cause I just feel like I'm not, I feel like I'm coasting through life and living life and not, not up or down enjoying it or hating it. Yes. Yes. 100%. Like I relate to that so much. Um, yes. Yes. You should definitely go back and talk to your <laughs> psychologist before you do something crazy. <laughs> like, not crazy. Like I'm sure it would be fine. Well, the one of the things I nearly did was join the defense force. And I'm like, look, okay. I think I would love to do that, but I think I need to see someone before I make that choice. <laughs> I'm going to uproot my yeah, entire cool. life and career. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do yeah. this podcast. It would impact a lot of things. So no, I definitely see someone before making any major life decisions would be uh, yeah. all of our recommendations. <laughs> it might turn out that's what you want to do, but yeah, definitely talk through it first. <laughs> but yeah. no, I, yeah, I understand that. And I guess, yeah, what do you see that you've been working through this now, like after going through that kind of shit time, do you feel like after coming back and going through that, there's been um, like advancements that you've personally made? Um, getting there. I feel like advancements in like the way I'm thinking. So like there was a couple of times, like 
after one therapy session, I was like, like super, like I just didn't feel anything. So I, in true brief fashion, like drank a bottle of wine, slept with a stranger and then booked a ticket overseas, which in hindsight, they're like fine things to do, but I booked a ticket for over my sister's wedding day and like other random things like that. So I was like, that was a mistake just to feel something like I, you know, I'm still doing like reacting instead of thinking about things. I'm like, you know, I don't feel anything. So I'm going to do something just to feel something in that moment or, you know, something to look forward to. Um, so I'm working on the behaviors, but I think my mindset, like I wouldn't have even noticed that that was a issue before. Sort of like you have just now. You're like, you know, maybe I shouldn't do these things. You've noticed that. So yeah, I think there's definitely progression in just knowing that there's something that can be improved upon or that, you know, life doesn't have to be this way kind of thing. I think that's definitely, and it doesn't always have to be horrible and bad. It doesn't have to be the world's worst thing. It might just be, you know, a really long hangover because you, you know, hit it too hard the night before and you've, or even like, I don't know, you went out on a Wednesday and stayed up until 5am. Now you've got to be at work at eight and you're like, shit, I'm a little bit drunk still. (laughs) Yeah, there's, there's There's things like that that are not obviously good, but they're not the worst things in the world. You know, you're not abusing people. You're not, um, attempting suicide. You know, your mindset isn't, isn't in that place. That's, that's catastrophe, but it's in a place where you know that there's improvements that need to come because it's maybe not as fulfilling as it should be. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like just, I think, yeah, just trying to do things to get the life that, that you want, you know, looking forward to the future, like something that, yeah, you can be proud of. I think that's what it's all about. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juvederm.com. And I think one of those things as well is hobbies. And one of the things after you and I spoke was that you do kickboxing and you were just saying you had a sparring thing yesterday, which is really cool. Is it kickboxing or Muay Thai? Muay Thai, but they're, they're quite similar. In Muay Thai, you just do a couple of extra things. Yeah. So Muay Thai and kickboxing. People. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Suckers. <laughs> but I've been looking into different things as well that I can do as fun exercise-based hobbies. One of the things that I do at the moment is go to the gym and some I'll just skip it sometimes because it's just, I'm not that into it. I don't mind it. I don't hate it, but I'm just like, there's no element boring. of socialization there. Yeah, yeah. It's just like in and out. Boring. Yeah. Um, so I've been looking for different things. I went and um, I've inquired at my at a gymnastics place because I'm an old gymnast and I was like, maybe oh, I cool. can get back yeah. into flipping. But I think even just having the thought about some things that I could do for fun that are for me that are not for anybody else has been even a really wonderful thing to think about. Is that something that you feel that, that this activity, this hobby that you have as well, is it, is it giving you something else for yourself in that regard? Yeah, I think so. For me, like, the, like Muay Thai is, is everything. I think that was the other issue um, why I went downhill so quickly is I didn't go to the gym. And for me, if I don't go to the gym, like, uh oh, no, not good. Um, it's also like such a good community. Like they're the best group of people. Like I look forward to it all the time. Um, even if they're not there, like, yeah, it's something that I just really enjoy and, and love. You, you did mention you were going to do jujitsu as well. Is that something else you're still? Yeah, I looked into it, but I'm, I don't know why I'm really intimidated to go. <laughs> so I've like stood out. The, I'm such a loser. <laughs> I'm stood. I'm admitting it to the world. Um, I stood out the front twice of the club, and I saw all these like really, really fit people. And I'm I'm the heaviest I've ever been, and it's been something um, I've been struggling with a little bit lately. Is my own personal feelings about how I look, and I, none of my clothes fit me, and that's making me go to the gym less because I'm worried about what people at the gym will think mm. of me. And then for for the dumbest reason, I mean, that's the only place like that's one of the places you should be able to go and feel the most comfortable is at the gym. But anyway, I think for me, that's the spiral I've gotten into my head. And I was like, maybe I'll just wait until I get a little bit more fit to go back in. But I'm like, I need to just, I think I need to just cut that bullshit out and just go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've already like recognized it. Right. And you have to remember that no one like, well, one, you look amazing. And two, like if there was someone who was overweight, no one would be like, Oh, look at them. They'd be like, fuck yeah. Like, let's go. Yeah. I think that logically in my mind, I know that. And I think this is why, and it's been difficult getting into a psych actually again, because my psych, my old psych has left. So I had to go get another referral and then you've got to wait for time. 
as well. So it's been a long time and I think that's something I'm hoping with today, which is Celebration Day, we have a new government today. We have a Labor government instead of the Liberal government, which for anybody in America is actually the left, (laughs) not the right. Uh, So left is in power. Um, And I think I'm hoping that that will have some impacts on, on our access to mental health because I think... When you start feeling like crap, but you've got to wait three months to see what, someone, mm. like yeah. you're, you're just kind of sitting there going, well, what do I do? <laughs> Twiddling yeah. your thumbs like, do I read a self-help book? I'll go for a walk. Yep. <laughs> I'll get a six pack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something else. Yeah. That's really rough. I always forget that it takes so long. I was very lucky. Like we have sites at work so you can see them immediately and they refer you and they've got people that you can go to straight away. So like, I was super lucky there. So I hadn't even thought about that. Like, like when you're feeling like that and you have to wait three months, that's rough. Yeah, definitely. So I think, yeah, what I always say to people is when you start feeling crap or even when you don't having and maintaining a relationship, I always think of it like as topping up fuel kind of thing. Like no one's always sitting at a hundred percent. I mean, if you fill a fuel tank to a hundred percent, then it will overflow. Like you, you've got to get it to a point where it's, you can run the car on it, but you know, over time, things deplete, you know, over time you use fuel, over time, everything goes down a little bit. And even if you don't go below a certain point and you're not bad, you still need top ups every now and then to get yourself up to a higher point than you were before. So I think, you know, going and seeing someone and maintaining a conversation about your mental health or your priorities, or just having a one-on-one conversation about you as a person and nobody else with a professional, I think is a great thing to do even just in a selfish sense of being like, I want to sit down and talk about me for an hour. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Because I feel like for people like, well, you sound like quite similar to me, you tend to just have those conversations to yourself in your own head because like, you're not going to talk to someone else. So this way you've got that one person that you can talk to, um, say anything you want. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I do. I do say, but I also go on that moment as well where I'm like, all right, so I'm, I'm not going to drink for a year. Um, I'm not going to go out. I'm going to save money. I'm only going to eat 800 calories a day. And all of these things are so stupid because I know logically they're dumb. Not the giving up drinking. Sobriety is amazing for some people. My lifestyle and my friends and what we do for fun, it kind of all goes around having drinks together. So that would be a huge change to my life if I cut that out. Even (laughs) though I could do that, that was fine. But, you know, to sit there and be like, I'm only going to have 800 calories a day. We know how ridiculous that is. That's just not maintainable. Um, and I would be miserable. So I do these things, but I go from one extreme to the other and I'm never, that's why I think that the help needs to come in to go, okay, Maddie, why, instead of waking up at 4am and going for a marathon, uh, each morning before work, why don't you wake up at 5.30 and take the dog for a walk every morning? Like you're supposed to, instead of pressing snooze a thousand times, because even just getting up on the first alarm might be an amazing thing for you to achieve. Like baby steps. That would be a big win. Like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The smallest thing. And that's much more like achievable, you know, taking your dog for a walk as opposed to like going to the extreme and being like, I'm going to run a marathon. I'm going to get up at 4am. Like that's, you might do it once if you're lucky. Yeah, that's what I do. Once, yeah. Monday morning. <laughs> Tuesday, I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah. But hey, you could, I, yeah, I guess you could be like, I did it yesterday. <laughs> yeah. You get in this spiral, don't you? Um, yeah. But I think, been a really great chat to have about really vulnerable feelings and authentically saying out loud, I guess, some things that a lot of people will be feeling themselves. I think, is there anything else that you wanted to, I guess, reflect upon 
with your story and the podcast episode that we did about that? I think the only other um, thing that I wanted to reflect upon, I was talking to my sister um, a bit ago and she, she asked me, she was like, why did you stay with your ex? Um, and I just stared at her and then I was like, well, way to victim blame. And then she was like, whoops. <laughs> but she, um, she's very in touch with her feelings and she started doing like a bunch of research because she gets like that. And um, she started looking into attachment styles, which is something I hadn't like thought of before. Um, and there's like a quiz thing that you can do about that. So that was really interesting to like sort of get to like why, you know, why did I like not again, like, you know, there's lots and lots of reasons. But for me, I think it was um, I came through with like the disorganized attachment style, which is um, like it shows how you experience, like if you experience emotional or physical abuse as a child, you're trapped because you can't leave because you're a child. And then because our instinctual brain forms habits at that age, you get the same feeling of being trapped and stuck when you experience abuse as an adult. So even though rationally you should leave, your brain is in fight or flight mode and you can't see way out. And I was like, that is 100% true. So things like that, like I think have been good to like figure out why I felt certain ways or why certain things happened. You're stuck in fight or flight all the time. So there's no option for you to plan and organize and leave because also at this point, you're just like, is this just normal? Yeah. And that to me was really like eye-opening because I always sort of thought, you know, oh, it was because I, you know, because I loved him or because of this or that, because I did have opportunities to leave. Like I was in another country at one point, I could have easily left. But I think because my childhood was like a bit like that. Um, my sister was, that's why I think why she was able to be like, it's because of this, like, yeah, which was really interesting because I hadn't thought of that. And now yeah. that I recognize that, I feel like it's something that I could hopefully use to foresee in any future relationships. Absolutely. I think knowledge is power and, you know, having that little nugget of knowledge might be something that might help you in the future. Absolutely. Um, but also how wonderful that you've had this conversation with somebody you're so close with, with your sister and having that open conversation, you know, maybe that will be something there in the future as well you know, should something else happen, you know, you've got someone that actually gets you and can facilitate this conversation and be really meaningful in that and intentional with their conversation with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's another thing I was trying to like talk to people more, but again, I find it so difficult. So I went to the easiest person, which was my sister. Um, and that's been good. I've actually like, she knows a little bit more of things that have happened, not everything, but, um, yeah, I think she, she kind of instinctually knows like it's weird. (laughs) I love that. I think when you grow up together as well, you just, you just know, you can tell no matter what in there, you know, my sister's really similar as well. She doesn't have, I don't know why she's so well adjusted. (laughs) She's like, (laughs) she's like fine. She went through like this really traumatic birth. um, And I was like, you know, how, how are you after that? I tried to have this conversation and she was just like, no, I mean, it's over. I feel better now. It's done. It's in the past. And she's just like, fine. I'm like, that would not be me. I would be not okay. (laughs) Yeah. She's just like really able to logically handle things. And, but I can tell times when she's, you know, actually feeling sad or stressed or something like that. But you know that without them saying it, I know what you mean. You just have an instinct with the, you with somebody that you're that close with with their reactions and non-reactions, I guess. Yeah, because you've known them for your whole life. Like, I think that this was a really wonderful chat to have with you and I want to say thank you for coming on and being so vulnerable with what you had to say about um, your experience with 
listening to your own story back again and then all, all of the reflections since. Did you want to go and say anything before we wrap up? No, except for thank you. Like, I really appreciate this. Um, we all really appreciate you. Like, you probably go through some shit yourself and just remember that what you're doing is super important. And uh, it's a very, like, well-named podcast. Like, I feel like lately I've been like, I am reclaiming me. Like, it's a process, but it's mine and I'm doing it. And it's, yeah. Thank you so much. I think as well, yeah, what I try and do is show myself because sometimes I'm flying high, babe. I'm like, fine, (laughs) you know, but no one's okay all the time. And I think trauma and abuse and just everyday shit in life, you know, all culminate sometimes in, in a storm that sits above your head. And I just think that we have to be open about talking about this and it needs to become dinner table conversation. Because I think without that, we're all going to sit there and think that we're completely alone and that the way that we feel is stupid or dumb and that we're all idiots because that's just the way that I tend to talk to myself sometimes, which is so crazy because I would never talk to anybody like that in my life. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I absolutely agree. Is that something that you that you do as well? Like do you talk to yourself and go like, oh, my God, you're such an idiot, but you would like never say that to another human being in the world? Yes. And that is something that I'm also trying to like recognize as I like do it. Like, I'm like, you know, you say certain things to yourself, but I was like, I would absolutely never say that to my friend. Like I would think that they're like really strong or like that, you know, what they're doing is great. But if it's myself, I'm like, no, you're an idiot. Like, yeah, it almost makes you, it makes it really hard to celebrate any wins. I think when you're just, the bar is for yourself is so low where you're just like, even any jump or goal over it, any achievement that you make above it, you're just like, nah, someone else does yeah. something and you're just like, let's throw a surprise party because that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for you, you're like, oh, I guess you did that, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I completely agree. And I think maybe we should make a bit of a um, a pact and I guess we should all do this together now as well is just trying to call it out more and be kinder to each other and call out when people are doing amazing things, Um, but also talking about this stuff more with each other in public, in privacy, um, because this is the way so many people will feel. And I guarantee you there's going to be people listening to this going, holy shit, that's exactly how I feel. Um, Or this maybe is the sign that I needed to go and see someone. Yeah, absolutely. Because I remember, sorry, (laughs) I remember when I first listened to your podcast, like, you know, even if you're talking to someone, rarely does a response make you feel better. It's the connection. Like, and that's what hopefully this does. Absolutely. Actually, that's such a true observation. I've never thought about it like that because how true is that? There's not really often when you're feeling crap that anyone can say anything that will make you feel better. If anything, they'll annoy you more. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah. But if you have that connection with someone or, you know, you know that they're going through the same thing, then you're like, oh, okay. Like I'm not crazy or I'm not alone. Like, that helps. Yeah, absolutely. You've got somebody's understanding and undivided attention and support. That's more important than a one-off statement that someone can make to make it feel better. Most of the time, Mm -hmm. that's not going to happen. Well, thank you so much, Brie, for coming on and having a chat with me. Um, I'll share the links to your socials as well on the show notes for this episode too. So if anyone wants to get in touch with you and tell you how amazing they think you are, they can do that there. Um, (laughs) But thank you again for coming on for part two. Uh, This is Reclaim Me signing out. This content may have been distressing or triggering for some listeners. In Australia, for national crisis support, please contact Lifeline on 131114. 
For more resources, please see the show notes for this episode. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.